On Saturday, the 21st of July in 2018, I received a message from someone I knew. They were sitting in the Qantas lounge in Melbourne, waiting to board a plane for London. Now the lounge itself has massive screens with the major news stories of the day showing, and on that day, I was the lead story. Over the course of the next week or so, people I knew from around the world were sending me screenshots and links to stories about me. I could only make my name out in the Japanese newspaper article to know that it was actually about me. It was the same with the Finnish story from one of their newspapers. The Mexican newspaper article about me was in Spanish, so I could make out the odd word here and there, but mostly it was seeing my name in print that made me realise that it was about me. Oh, and of course, the awful photo taken by the ABC, uh, which had gone into syndication, was being used worldwide. I could have done without that, I think. I have a collection of stories now from all major networks in Australia, as well as news stories from several sources in the US, South Africa, England, Japan, Mexico, Finland, Germany, France. And I have some in other languages, I don't even know what they are. I haven't been able to identify them. The press coverage extended to magazines such as the US publications Guitar Player and Guitar World. I believe they have readerships, six to seven million people each. And then also to radio and television. One of my friends now, who I did not know at the time, actually first heard of my existence when he was living in Nashville that July. Every so often, I get sent another link from someone who's found an article about me somewhere else around the world. It's quite funny when I get those now. Makes me smile. But as time's gone past, I guess I have more time to reflect on what I did. So what did I actually do to create or to make international news? Well, I'd broken the world record for the longest guitar playing marathon. I played for 125 hours straight according to the rules and requirements set forth by Guinness World Records. I'd started this crazy stunt on Sunday, July 15 at 12pm. I finished on Friday, July 20 at 5pm. That amounts to five days and five hours of playing. I was allowed allocated breaks within that time according to their rules so I could do things like pee or change my clothes. Across the whole time, I slept for a total of 3 hours and 40 minutes. That wasn't a consecutive amount. I grabbed 5 minutes here and there on my breaks. The physical challenge was great, but the mental challenge was actually far greater. My fingers split at around the 70 hour mark. I could see the bone at the tip of my middle finger. To say that playing guitar at that stage really hurt is an understatement. Now I knew that this was my time to go big or go home. Go home was not an option. So I had someone pour superglue over my fingers to form a pad of some sort, which allowed me to at least keep playing even though it hurt like buggery. And why wasn't going home an option? Well, I was doing this for a kid's charity. I knew that getting to the goal would be the thing that would raise the most amount of money. Donations prior to the start and in the first few days were steady, but they were small. Yet when I was closing in on the final few hours of the current record, thousands of dollars were donated in a very short period of time. 
The charity I was doing this for is called Musicians Making a Difference. They use music, dance and drama, along with counselling and mentoring to help kids work through challenges and get their lives to be in a better place. It's amazing stuff and I really wanted to support that. Now if I'm going to be totally honest, I also wanted to, to show those who had rubbished and doubted me that I was more than what I said I was. One person told me I'd be lucky to last eight hours. Another said that the whole thing was a shit show and I was doing nothing worthwhile in pursuing this. I've often had people tell me that I'm not up to it, whatever it might be. I've been told I would never make a cent playing music. I would never do anything of significance. If I had any real talent, I wouldn't be living in Australia. I would never be able to play a certain style or a certain song or, or the music of certain artists because I would never be good enough. So ostensibly, the challenge was about the kids. That was my focus, and it does mean a lot to me to have achieved this for them. And that's certainly what I stated in the press releases and interviews leading up to the event. But another part of it was that I wanted to prove to myself that I was more than what others had told me I was. And that I was also more than what I often told myself. I spent months in preparation for the challenge. I was training in the gym between 8 and 14 times a week. My diet was impeccable. My focus was strong. My body was very fit. Coming into the challenge, I had prepared food, drinks, a team and a roster to get through this. My iPad was loaded with song charts. I had arranged for people to come in and play with me during the event to give me a mental break and a bit of a lift as I needed it. I also had images of my three greatest heroes printed out so I could look at them when I needed something to inspire me. Now these three, who are they? Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela and Muhammad Ali. Ali had stated once that he hated training but he would suffer through it knowing that training was a small sacrifice so that he would be a champion for life. Now, I'm not comparing what I've done in any way to the incredible feats that Ali achieved as an athlete and actually as a human as well. He was flawed, for sure. Actually, the other two were as well, but I still admire them greatly for what they brought to the world. I drew on Ali's notions of this as I struggled with sheer exhaustion as I passed the 80 hour mark, then the 90, then the 100 hour mark. At around the 110 hour mark, it was feared that the whole thing might be over as I needed an emergency medical checkup. My blood pressure was very high, but the medic told me that it was my call. I should be okay. Now by this stage, there was no way I was giving up. The last couple of hours were actually a buzz. Somehow, I got a second wind. Media attention was rife, with all major networks present and broadcasting the home stretch. I finally got there. I made a short speech. I can't really remember what I said. There was a, uh, a round of applause. There was a kiss and a hug from my aunt Jocelyn, who had driven for hours to see me, and a hug from my sister. And then I was straight onto TV for an interview. And I was interviewed for the next three hours straight. And the interviews kept coming for the next few weeks. And the kids I did it for, they benefited greatly from the efforts to do this. I've met some of them since, 
What they have had to deal with breaks my heart. But they have taken monumental challenges on and they've thrived. This inspires and humbles me. Now what did I learn from all of this? That some people will try and put you down or pull you down no matter what. And this is a reflection of their shortcomings, not yours. If they say it can't be done, they're really saying that they cannot do it. If you want to achieve something, then go and do it. As I said, I've been told I'll never make a cent playing music. I've been rubbished a lot as a musician. Well, guess what? I've actually made a living out of it, made a career out of it. And I've done okay financially, not the best, but I've actually made a full-time living out of music for many years. I also learned that one small act of kindness can meet and inspire people in many different ways and that we never know how they will respond or where our act of kindness will end up. I've had messages sent to me from around the world from people I have never met and will probably never meet thanking me for doing this and telling me that I've made a difference in their life by my example. That's pretty incredible. Another thing is that preparation and focus are necessary for achieving big things. We can't just wing it and hope for the best. Now, I know many people, many musicians who try and do that. As I said, I've made a living out of this. When I'm very busy, I'll play up to 250 shows in a year. And people ask me, how do you do this? How do you get by? Or how can you seemingly wing it when a band calls you at the last minute and you turn up and play with them? It's because of the preparation and the work that I've done in the past. I understand music very well, certainly some genres anyway. And so I know how to listen. I pay attention when I'm at the gig. I'm prepared. All of my experiences in the past, the preparation and the work I've done there, count much towards what I'm able to seemingly do off the top of my head now. But it hasn't been a fluke and it's not by just turning up and winging it. At the time of preparing this podcast, I'm in the initial stages of planning one last big charity event. I've actually been involved with other world record challenges too. The other solo one that I attempted was the world's longest guitar lesson. Uh, I achieved my goals in that. Unfortunately, people not turning up let me down, so I didn't qualify to beat the record. That's okay. Thousands of dollars were still raised for Sydney Children's Hospital with that event. So in January of 2023, I intend to take on the world's longest busking session as part of Australia's largest country music festival, which is in Tamworth. I'm going to do this for two charities, Movember, because I care deeply about men's health and the need for guys to open it up and talk. I've lost a mate to suicide, and this is the reason why I've been so involved with Movember over a number of years. And I'm also going to raise money for the Sydney Children's Hospital, specifically the Cancer Care Centre. I have many friends and family members who have been impacted by this insidious disease, 
and I want to do something in their names to hopefully see research go a bit further towards finding a cure. I've been involved with a number of big charity events over the many years that I've often organised or led. Most have involved music to a significant degree. I think I'm at the point now where I have one last big push left in me and then I'll be done. As I said, it takes a lot out of me to do these things. There are smaller things I will continue to do, but maybe someone else can run with the big stuff from now on. Fitness and mental focus will be a big challenge, so prepare for this. Like a lot of people, the effects of the pandemic over the past couple of years have been really hard. I need to realign myself with who I truly am and who I want to be and with what I want to achieve. And this will actually also help me with my music. So have a think about yourself. What is it you want to achieve? What are the challenges in your way? And how are you going to work through them? These are always good things to consider. Be it the challenges we face on our instrument or the larger challenges we face in life. And one typically mirrors the other. Whatever it is that you hope to pursue, I hope that you find much success and happiness in it, more than you ever dreamt possible.